Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back Entourage Podcast. I am Amir, and today we are joined with Sean, Here. Adam, as well as Jamal. Thank you so much for our returning viewers. We really appreciate you and all of you new viewers and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you stick around. Today, we are going to kick this conversation off with Adam. We want to give um, our condolences to two of New York um, hip-hop legends, uh, DMX and Black Rob. We've lost both of them in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, tremendous, tremendous uh, musical artists in the hip-hop community. Um, and, you know, they really, really big, really big artists in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, DMX is probably one of the most influential artists from our time, our childhood. And Black Rob, you know, has some of the hottest songs, was on one of the hottest labels um, of our generation, one of the most influential in Bad Boy. So I uh, want to send our condolences to, uh, to those two giants in the hip hop community and, you know, RIP. Rest in power for sure. And I just want to quickly share, I actually met DMX before and it was a, a great experience. He's a great dude. I'll never forget it. Uh, it was when I was living in White Plains. So uh, there was like this little shopping plaza uh, called Central Avenue. And there was a, like an a, a RC store in there that sold like remote control cars. You know, you put like the gasoline in them and they go super fast. If anyone knows DMX, he's a big fan of those RC cars. So, uh, we're just walking, window shopping, it's like Jamaicans do a lot. We just go walk around and not buy shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, me and my uncle Leon, uh, we're walking into the store and then all we hear out of, out of nowhere is A.O. Lee. A.O. Lee. That's my, that's my uncle's name. His name is Leon. A.O. Lee. He was like, you can act like you don't see me? And then my uncle turns around. He was like, yo, Earl. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, DMX comes up to my uncle, daps him up. And I'm like, I'm like fucking fanboy at this point. I'm like, yo, it's fucking DMX. What do I do? What do I <laughs> so like, he introduces us, and I have his autograph. So I should have pulled it out. He gave us an autograph, took pictures and everything, and he was just buying a new RC car because his son just broke his like two thousand dollar RC car. But he was super genuine. Uh, found out him and my uncle actually went to high school together. When my uncle first moved in from the states from Jamaica. So he like knew, my uncle basically knew most of the Rough Riders besides like Eve because she was in Philly and but he like knew most of them. So uh, it was great meeting him. He like bought for our lunch down the street. It was really, really cool. Great guy, rest in peace, man. And I just wanted to share that story because man, not a lot of people got to like really sh like meet him and not just be like, see him as DMX. I got to meet him as Earl through my uncle, and that was like super cool. One of the greatest moments I could like honestly think of while I was in New York. So uh, sad we had to lose uh, Black Rob as well. Like whoa, that was a whew. It was been a tough week for hip hop. Tough, tough start to the year. Um, but yeah, man, rest in peace to all the families, and uh, yeah, just wish them well. So um, yeah, I guess enough of the sadness. Uh, hard, hard, what is it? Hard split, hard left. <laughs> uh, Amir, what we got? Where you want to jump to from there? Um, well, 
something that I know about, um, which is very interesting to me, is this cryptocurrency scene. Um, I recently made a couple of different investments in a couple of different cryptocurrency, either companies or the currency itself. Um, and I just wanted to see everybody's viewpoint on it. Yes, we talk about it a lot, but I feel like it should be something to talk about because, you know, just like our forefathers invested in gold and silver to make it something tangible and something that other than a rock or a mineral, um, you see this generation investing in something that's theoretically invisible, but um, it's starting to hold value, um, billions of dollars in value. Um, and the more valuable something is, regardless if it's tangible, um, the more weight that it has. So I definitely invested in some Coinbase, um, which is actually a stock, it's a company. And then I also invested in some cryptocurrency, Dogecoin. Um, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. We don't know if it's going to boom. We don't know if it's going to be a flop. Is it a joke? Is it not? Um, I say it's not a joke only because people are investing in it. And at the end of the day, things become real based upon people making it real and the idea of believing in it. Um, so that's something that I wanted to kick the conversation off with. Are you guys investing in cryptocurrency? And if so, um, why? And what do you plan on, what do you project it doing in the future? So I'll start, but first I'll say that none of us are financial (laughs) consultants. So do not take what we're saying as something that you should put all your money in. This is just what we're doing in our personal individual accounts. So I'll start by saying that Amir is basically talking about uh, Coinbase, using his, uh, basically joining the stock market this week with his uh, IPL, uh, basically legitimizing cryptocurrency as a whole at this point, because uh, that is the main, for lack of a better term, site slash location where a lot of people wallet. store their Bitcoin wallets. Uh, it's like encrypted, if you don't have like, if you forget your password, you got like three times, and if you can't get it three times, your money is just lost your account is locked out we had that story uh early in the year when that guy has millions of dollars only has one more attempt to get his account open before that shit's locked out um <clears throat> but yeah so uh coinbase is out so it legitimizes bit uh cryptocurrency as a whole as a whole bit uh coin went up this week dogecoin went up this week ethereum went up with this week litecoin went up this week uh, in response to uh, Coinbase now being on the stock market. So essentially, now all these hedge funds, that's jobs whose responsibility is to make their portfolio and their clients money, they now have to make a conscious decision as how much they believe in a cryptocurrency. Because if you don't have that in your client's portfolio and it bulls up to be the next facebook google amazon stock and you don't have none of that in your portfolio you're fired (laughs) you're missing out on potential money and your job is to make money for your clients so uh i just want to talk about dogecoin for a little bit because that's like the stock i won't even say stock because it's not a stock yet that's the the coin that's getting a lot of attention even with the ipo of coinbase uh, so Dogecoin maybe started about two years ago uh, and it's basically been as what they call it as the meme coin. 
uh, to the moon with that dog looking like super suspicious, right? That's like, yeah, that's like their shit. That's that's their their model to the moon. So a lot of people are using it. Uh, they call it a meme slash GameStop because it's like no one really believes that it's supposed to do good, but so much people are trying to meme the system. It keeps on going up, and then people take the money up, take the money out, it goes down, then goes back up. Uh, do people believe in it? Yeah. Uh, is it a smart investment move? Probably. Depends on where you get in, get out. Are you supposed to buy low, get out high, right? So as long as you keep your investment uh, mindset, and it should be straight. But until people lose that, it's a meme connotation behind it, it's not going to be recognized as like the next Bitcoin, the next Ethereum, the next Litecoin, because to people it's a joke. It's kind of like uh, the GameStop's uh, situation. People are putting money in GameStop to say fuck you to the system. So that's kind of like the whole Dogecoin thing until it kind of drops that game. It's a meme. Let's just do this into the moon. Let's see how much you can make. It's not going to really be deemed as. I won't say real because it's real. People are becoming millionaires off of it, thousandaires off of it, but it's not going to be known as seen as that like Bitcoin level of cryptocurrency, if you get what I'm trying to say. So, um, I, I don't know. I feel like there may be some propaganda around Dogecoin, um, and that propaganda is being pushed by you know certain people who might not want it to be another Bitcoin uh, per se, because I just get different descriptions based upon where I'm getting my information from. So uh, when I bought Coinbase, I bought one share of Coinbase um, because I just want to make sure that my portfolio has it uh, in case it does do well. Um, and then when you look up Dogecoin, which I had bought before Coinbase, if I look that up on Coinbase, which by the way, it's a cryptocurrency that Coinbase does not carry. But when you look up Dogecoin, they, well, when you look it up, I looked it up today. When I looked it up, it says we currently do not trade Dogecoin. But the definition that they give is it's a joke currency. That's literally the definition that Coinbase gives. So is Coinbase trying to devalue the cryptocurrency because it doesn't want Doge coming for its competitors? Because um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of it's a joke, it's a joke. But the only thing that makes it a joke is what people say about it people are investing in the currency um so is it a joke or is it just propaganda because what people are doing is creating it's making it a reality if that makes any sense if, people investing into it is making it real if you see what's really happening the people talk about those coin a lot because they're the ones who probably just put like a ton of money in it and they're trying to get like a quick return like, as soon as, like, Elon Musk put so much money in it, the first thing he did was tweeted Do uh, Dogecoin to the moon because he wants more people to go in and buy it as well. So his initial uh, investment goes up, but then when it gets to enough level where he's like, all right, I just put a million in, I just got five mil out, let me take that out, and he's not losing anything. So it's like, it's a real for lack of a better term, word of mouth type of cryptocurrency that Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin doesn't have to do because they were- and, and not to cut you off, but it's like, it's it's cheaper, right? So it's like a coin that the average- Anyone could person, afford. 
Exactly. All around it's the world. Not, it's not like Coinbase is what three hundred dollars a share. Like yeah. no one for one share. Like people see that and kind of get turned off. What's Dogecoin like? It, the highest it's at thirty-three cents. It's at no. It's, the highest it's been is forty cent, but it's at thirty-three cent right now. No, the highest it's been. But like it, it reached something. forty cent over the week. Forty cents a share. So I mean, just by successful people putting out this and then the word of mouth and then that uh wall street survive what is it the wall, wall street, street bets. bets wall street bets talking about it of course it's going to be first time investors people with not a lot of income wanting to get into yeah. that coin they've heard they've heard um coin 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 this and all that uh for what last two three years it's their chance to get into the market now so i think a lot of people want to try it out want to like Amir said when we first came on like a, a they want to be a part of a gold rush if they can right yeah yeah so and this one is an affordable coin to do that with so i think that's what's driving it along with the popularities and um everything that you two um just highlighted good point think, Adam? um what do i think um I, I agree i think it's i think it is a joke that is basically it's born from the idea of a cryptocurrency. It's it's like it's like uh, it's like it's like cryptocurrency in its most made up form, right? It's like it, it's like a, it's a joke within itself that cryptocurrency is this decentralized currency that people can like manipulate, use however they need to. Um, and Dogecoin is kind of like the parody of that of like, hey, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it in real life and let people and let people see what they um, how it's gonna affect how it's affect them. So I mean. I think it's, I mean, if it is a joke and it, that's the thinking, that's the logic that they came up with it to create it, then I think it's a, it's a potentially amazing thing, but it, it's, it, it's basically um, a microcosm of capitalism, right? Like you're going to have people who want to lose, a lot of people want to win, um, you know, and it's going to be probably a lot more losers than winners, um, but the house is going to definitely win. Um, and that's how, you know, that's like, that's how things run. So um, I think it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how it turns out. If I win, if I lose, you know what I'm saying. I think it's gonna be a good lesson. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying. It's one of those L's that I can put in my pocket. Yeah. Because um, it's it, not it, it's it, not it, expensive, and that's the thing. It's like you're okay taking that hit. It what it basically became. It became the people. I won't say the people. It became the the coin that people who missed out on the chance of Bitcoin and the other ones are like, I'm not missing this one. This one. <laughs> That, that's what it is, and that's why it's so popular. It's like one week is down to twenty something, but then the next week it beats as high and is up to sixty something, and that's the stretch where someone just became a multimillionaire because they put twenty thousand dollars in it. So I was like, no one wants to be the person be like, yo, I just missed out on Dogecoin. This shit was selling at third below a penny last year. <laughs> like it wasn't even worth a penny last year, and now it's half a half a dollar. So people are making thousands to millions of dollars based on their investment so that's what it really comes down to is the fear of missing out people's not going to put fifty six thousand dollars to get one bitcoin <laughs> i heard about i heard about bitcoin for fucking years like that's the one thing i tried not to think about all types of shit that shit was super cheap i probably oh. could have afforded it Everyone could have afforded that Bitcoin 10 years ago when that shit was selling in less than $100. And I was a fucking adult, so imagine my embarrassment. Yep. Yeah, there was a movie that highlighted Bitcoin. I think it was with um, Zoe Kravitz. 
no, Zoe Kravitz's daughter? No, wait, that's her name, Zoe Kravitz. And I forgot the other dude, the dude um, from um, NWA. What movie was that? Remember when they was trying to, um, they had to make money for something and they used um, Bitcoin. They transferred all the credits through Bitcoin. That was my introduction to Bitcoin. That movie's like mad old too. That movie might be like 10 years ago. But that movie was good too. But it's crazy because Bitcoin started as this illegitimate currency that you can use on the black market. And now yep, niggas is like, wait, instead of buying drugs and shit. Remember this. How about we really buy? But when Bitcoin real- first started out, the first main story we heard about it was the guy who used Bitcoin to buy pizza. And he and that was the first like mainstream story we heard about Bitcoin. Imagine how much money that pizzeria has right now because they accepted that Bitcoin. Yep. <laughs> and people are doing that shit in Florida, believe it or not. Dogecoin, there's like a QVC code that you can scan at restaurants, and they're like accepting Dogecoin as payment. Like you can go to the restaurant and ball your eyes out if that's, you have. A that's like a perfect segue because now you're able to buy real estate with your cryptocurrency because now cryptocurrency is legitimately becoming a whole different uh, uh, finance or monetary option out there. It's not just the dollar. It's not just the euro. Now you can have enough. It's a universal language. Cryptocurrency is now becoming the next universal dollar, essentially. And I know like three weeks ago, we talked about whatever uh, what do we say? Would the would cryptocurrency ever like uh overtake come at the yeah, overtake the dollar? Now I think that conversation has to legitimately come up again because of the popularity of what cryptocurrency is doing, especially with it being mainstream inside the stock market now. Mm-hmm. It and would have to. Its volatility would have to kind of like balance out though. Yeah. Because like, um, I mean, you know, like. Currency changes every day, right? Like we know that, um, so it will work the same way. But we'll ha- it wouldn't be able to. Um, we'll have to like kind of study out and be more accepted more widely, I think. And then, of course, it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing as money. It will be just be money. You know, it'll just be money. There's nothing different. Um, and then I think another reason was pushing cryptocurrency so much is we are of the technological generation. Like we would be stupid to think that everything can transfer to a technological standpoint like there's certain shit that technology controls that we never would have thought so why wouldn't something that's exchanged manually all of a sudden be changed exchanged through you know cryptocurrency why would the dollar not advance into something technological that's just the era that we're in so regardless of how much of an impact that it makes for me personally to not invest in something that as a millennial i know that that's what our parents and shit invested in technology for me to not invest in a technological currency would just be it would just be crazy well it wouldn't be fair because then it wouldn't be available to everyone not everyone has internet Biden's trying to fix that with his infrastructure plan but yeah but that never stopped anything from going before not at all you just no, said no, it, you just, it, was just, it would just take longer. It would just take a little bit longer to get there. It, w- it wouldn't happen overnight. It would probably happen over ten years. That would be heavy be investment in order to get. We would need, you know, what I'm saying, like we would need um, universal that internet. Would need to have to have 
niggas with internet versus new have nots niggas without internet. Niggas without yeah, the next carry that's cash. The, that's the biggest thing right now across every every no matter what we push, no matter you know bill, whether it's foreign, whether it's in the um it's in that it's here in, in our country. Um, you know we have we have to think about the equity. Like, are we giving access to everyone? Is this is this really? And if the government, if the federal government is gonna um, is gonna push a program, they have to give at least access to every single person. If they uh, or you know leave it to who else can actually handle it, which would have to be the states. Um, and then you know that kind of falls into the cracks too, because you have the situations where you have like you know slum row in, in in LA. So you you know you have a large population of people who are who don't have you know access to regular like. You know amenities like a place to, to sleep. You know a cell phone and so on, so on and so forth. Cryptocurrency won't be any different. Yeah, I feel like the same rules are gonna apply. Like there's niggas without a regular dollar. Like the shit that is old technology, because the dollar yeah, but, is technology. But but the, te- the technology should imp- should constantly improve lives. It's just making the rich people regular rich. It's not it's not technology. But, it's just, but that's life. You said it yourself. That was um, it's capitalism. Someone has to be the bottom. There's loser. There's always losers, or else this shit so, won't work. What it, I'm it saying is, it, it, it directly competes with the ideals of what cryptocurrency was created for. Mm. It was created for democratization, yeah. for everyone to have access. And then to say, all right, well, you can't, you can't get no access to stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got luck. That's not. That's a, it goes against the whole idea of the. I mean, and we know things like that happen often, but. You know, um, I think I think because the of, because of it's so closely tied to its um, its you know its origination and its, its its origination story. I don't I don't believe that it's gonna move as quickly because you can't get it to the masses, right? And then mining is just the environmental effect of mining Bitcoin is just it's, it's ridiculous. What do you um, mean by mining Bitcoin? With- Cause you need servers you need a bunch of servers in order to store to mine to, to do the work constantly at like all hours a day of the day you essentially um, need supercomputers to mine bitcoin yeah yeah which which means you're which means you need the electricity you need other um energy to, to power it and then that's heat this is missing more heat from the earth which is global warming. yeah it's horrible so, but um to sean's point to sean's question he has is it gonna overtake the dollar? It's funny that you said that. Like a couple weeks ago, I think I already said it on the podcast too. Um, I forgot who. What's what's Susan Yellen's position? Like head of the head of the head of the chair or something? She's something with the money in America, right? Susan who? Susan Yellen, I think her name is. But she's like department head chair of um, or whatever money. Let's just say that. And they asked her about. I think they had her, had her for an interview in the, um, that thing was happening, the GameStop rush was happening. So, and they had gave her the chance to talk about cryptocurrency and what the government and what her views were on it. And her views didn't sound too good. They sounded like, uh, we have to wait and see basically. And that there's nothing backed by it. You know, the same kind of, arguments that you hear about cryptocurrency uh, so it's going to take a minute to Adam's point for it to be anywhere near the dollar I think but um, the they got something they have to keep the eye on I feel like as the older generation kind of 
how do I say this without being? Oh my gosh, he always says this because it's, it's, it's what we need. <laughs> it's what we fucking need. But as as they expire, <laughs> more advanced ideals will be adopted. Uh, not only in the Senate but in Congress, because them niggas is old, which means that they're not. So, that, that means you that see, they're not. How, how old but, is Marjorie Taylor Greene? How old is? Let's not talk about the people. Let's not talk about the people. These niggas are in their 40s. These niggas are about Generation X. Right, but where are they from? How much much exposure have they had to the different cultures? Where are they from is not going to change. It's not going to change, but also you're not talking about the uh, Cortez, what's her name? Um, The more left-leaning politicians. What what we're seeing is that there's going to be an extreme on both sides. It's and always going to be. But you also know that we used to use seashells as currency, right? We used to use pepper as currency. You know that, right? We used to use a lot of different things before there was a universal system of the dollar. I have a um, a video about that on my channel if y'all want to check that out. But um, before there was different types of currencies that today, if we was to see that on a beach, or we crack that shit into our food. And once upon a time, we used to exchange that for goods. So for me to believe that there isn't a way for the dollar to evolve would be, it wouldn't make sense. It just takes time and the exploration of saying, old ideals. And we'll see where we are 10 years from now. The I'm whole, just saying right, right now that the U.S. government isn't, isn't on it. They're not worried about it. They're not on it. And they probably, need to expire. It'll probably be 10, 20 years before they... Before yeah, we see it, yeah. No, cryptocurrency was was picked up a lot by people who were committing nefarious activities, such as you know terrorism, laundering, laundering money, drugs, drugs, activation, so, yeah. and so on. So because of that, the, the federal government won't take a stance that they're going to be cool about it until because they, there's whoever owns. It's hard to it's hard to track down. Bitcoin. You can you have a ledger of it, right? You can it's own a ledger the ledger. Somewhere. I don't think you don't know, necessarily trace it to someone. The government yeah. owns some. Huh? So the government owns some cryptocurrency. Of course they do. They want to control, they want to figure out how to control it. They're not going to make a way for it to be easily accessible until they learn how to control it. Because they, the government, theoretically, they want the power. The government is in the business of being in everything, the business of everything. So. You know, they got the to they, 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 you know, you, you, it's, we always joke about like our having that FBI, CIA agent looking at us through our camera. Like they gonna be in everything. That's what they do. They trying to know what the people doing. As much as we think we're in a democracy, you know, like you take your own, but however you feel like you. How do we know the government's not pushing the narrative? I mean, and look, and look at like, and then also cryptocurrency. There might be another push for it because look at China. China created their own cryptocurrency. The state created it. So. But it goes against the idea of cryptocurrency because, like, it shouldn't be a centralized owner. So it's kind of a weird, it's kind of an interesting thing. We're going to see how all this plays out. You know, it could be the government's way of, like, you know, creating their own cryptocurrency or, or their own, like, you know, Amazon app, you know, kind of how China has with their thing, you know. Um, and as always, anytime we have the, the U.S. government um, giving us services, we're giving up some privacy, um, even companies, too. But the companies don't care about your privacy in the, in the sense of like, they don't care about what you're doing, they're not trying to stop it. They want you to do more of it. Mm-hmm. And they want to actually make you do more of it. But the Man, government wants to know what you're doing. That has made me think about, uh, what was that documentary? Um, fuck, it's on Netflix so, talking about the social, social dilemma. 
Jesus, that documentary. It's like made me want to delete everything. Yeah, that thing was dramatic, but super informative. How their only mission is to keep you on that machine as long as possible so they can hit you with the next ad. Basically, it comes down to this. If the service or product is free, you're the product or service. And because 100%. Facebook, Instagram, what's all that shit is free, guess whose data they're using and selling? Ours. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, that shit. The last thing I'm gonna say about this cryptocurrency shit, now that we're talking about the future, I have children, right? So it doesn't matter if it takes 10 to 15 to 20 years for that shit to boom. As long as I have some of that shit, I'm fine because by the time it starts making me a profit, my children will be 15, 20 years old and I'll be able to pass that wealth down to them. Um, So if you think about it as a long-term hold or a long-term investment, which is what they're trying to do with Doge, they're trying to say to the moon, like, like, yeah, you can day trade it and you can manipulate the graphs or whatever, uh, find the resistance and support and make sure that you're pulling out and putting in when you're supposed to, just to double up your coins every once in a while. But eventually, in my opinion, there is going to be a space for crypto. And even if it's 10, 15 years from now, my son and daughter will be able to benefit from that because of the, of the, of the idea that was 10, 15 years ago. So that's just a lot. Another thing that I wanted to mention, um, it's a long hold strategy that the only way that Doge is going to rise is if people keep it. Um, and the more people that keep it, the more it becomes a fucking reality and people are going to have to deal with it. So um, to the moon, guys, buy more, well, reinvest. Not people keep it, but people trade it, right? Because like value is also dictated to relatively by activity, right? But either way. Some not always. Some so, some stock that don't trade very often, but they're you know they're very valuable. But you also but you know you need to have a volume in order to make sure that the market is active. Active. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. We'll get to Bitcoin. I mean, get into all this cryptocurrency if you want to. I think I think having a good strategy diversification. You know you know when, but don't try to be too greedy. Um, it never hurts. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Um, let's get into some music. We actually had a quick um, conversation about it in our uh, group chat, and uh, I believe it was Adam talking about the Soldier Boy TikTok music error. Uh, do you want to delve uh, dive into that, and then we kind of just jump in on that? Yeah. So I think with Soldier Boy, I think what you what you're seeing with Soldier Boy, and even more recently um, this week with um, what's the name? Young something, not young. Young uh, thug, yes. With the speed challenge. So now, so what you were, what you saw after the Drake thing with the Drake bringing the song and he saw the challenge thing, right? Everybody started doing the challenges on Instagram. Mm-hmm. After the challenge thing, now what you're seeing is people doing the challenges and taking it a step further. They're giving you a whole dance, a short dance that you can do right in front of the camera, like a TikTok thing. So and you're seeing repetitive beats, repetitive beats. They even get more, more repetitive. Like she make it clap, clap. You make it clap. It's like it's going so to repetitive. The I hate it. It's super like repetitive. Even the ski thing. I don't even. You know, it sounds good, but you know, um, I think I think what you're seeing a lot now is a lot more artists are trying to get that those their their songs to fit better on TikTok because the algorithm is really going there. You know, we're seeing Instagram people complaining about Instagram stuff not being found. 
so on and so forth. Posts not going up the way they, they usually typically do. Um, traffic being up and down across the board. But you're seeing consistent growth on TikTok where people are, blo- their songs blowing up just from going off on, um, off, off of there. Like that, like that girl, that girl Benzino's daughter, um, No More Parties, whatever it's called. That, I mean, all I heard is that, that, you know, that couple small parts before. I never heard anything else, but, um, I, I feel like they're all, they're made that way to fit on a TikTok platform. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, so you was talking about Soldier Boy's comeback, and I was like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" Like, I, I know he makes really good beats, but I haven't really heard him come back personally. Um, and then you gave me the song, and the next thing you know, I was like, "Shit!" That's all I fucking know. I, that's all I know of the song. Like, and then after that, I turned it off because it wasn't that interesting of a song. But I do see artists um creating content like even meg the stallion no soon as she drops a song she already has an eight count of some shit to do that she posts on her instagram and now bitches all over bitches niggas whatever no shame in your game but everybody's doing these dances on tiktok and i saw this one person i think it was cardi b she was on twitter and she was just like y'all niggas are mad because I'm getting all these runs as far as my songs are concerned, but you have to realize she's getting her data from TikTok, and TikTok that's real plays, like they're actually getting plays from that shit, so it's basically showing you like, it doesn't matter what the charts say, it doesn't matter what billboards say, it doesn't matter what any of these people say, the people are showing you what's popular and um, what they're listening to, so I definitely think that um, people are catering their music to be on TikTok and it was so funny that you mentioned that because when Young Thug released his album um, I saw Diddy doing something and then next thing you know Future was doing something and then Diddy was like you're next Thug or something like that and I'm just like okay so all these influencers like these moguls who we are popular with with a bunch of views they are literally sending this message and putting it into the universe so that people can replicate that formula but on a platform where they're getting paid for it. Um, so I definitely think that your theory is right, that they're starting to make music, but that kind of worries me because that repetitive shit is not good for music. Like, are we going back to the 2000s? Please. That um, is music. That's been music for the last... <laughs> I, no, I get it, but... Last it, five years, it's been repetitive and bleached down. You love that shit. If you're ma- or, or, that, or you're getting older, man. You turn into the old people. <laughs> I might this, be turning into the old people because what this shit. Think of all our artists, all beats. What is it? All, all bars, all no, bars swag. no swag. And now he wants to, to stop repetitive beats. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh shit! Please don't send me through an existential crisis right now. I can't. Exactly. <laughs> I really can't handle it. But no, like no, but it really does worry me because it's just like, damn. If if Soldier can make a song with all of this, she make it clap, 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 like it. That's the shit that y'all think I was really... Like, maybe, maybe it was. I don't know. Move on. Next person. <laughs> Look, I just wanted to say this. It'll be quick. Um, TikTok is the new playlist. Basically, and artists have been found that out. How old is TikTok? I don't even know. Like but, two, three years. It's not old. But the, but the last... Yeah, I think for the last three years, every interview I've seen is artists specifically either paying Shiggy or paying a TikTok influencer to do a dance to their song because it generates other people to do the same dance. It generates plays, like Mir said. Like, it's the new gold mine for for music labels 
um, and you know they're gonna be on it. They're gonna pay influencers to make whatever song they need to make uh, go up. I mean, before it was playlists, now it's TikTok. I mean, radio's basically dead, dead now. Outside of uh, the interview format, right? Correct. So outside of that, I mean, it's just another tool for, and like you said, it, you said it's billboard and all that shit don't matter that is fueling billboard like that's why it is consequentially yeah that's why the big think they coming back niggas think they're the biggest artists in the world and and it's all off influencers making dances to their songs yeah. so i have uh, another question i, I think the that, topic of music go ahead sean Sorry. i think that kind of uh overarching theme is the whole streaming era Right, that's when the rules changed for everything, where a certain amount of streams equals an album sale. And then it became, uh, can you get enough followers on your IG to buy and click a link on your IG to go over there? And now it's TikTok. How much time can you make a dance for your song so it reaches the masses? And what's that gonna do? Yeah, they probably get a stream on TikTok for it, but that's not gonna be like equated to a full album sale because they already broke that down like between like YouTube. If you're a, a YouTube paid subscriber between a YouTube who doesn't pay for like uh, the skip ad shit, there's different pay rates for the stream. So there's definitely gonna be a different price for a TikTok stream compared to a regular stream. And all the thing that's doing, it kind of reminds me of the ringtone error where it wasn't about making the best song. It was about making that 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 hook, that quick for for people to download the shit for ninety nine cents. On, it's royalty, and, and that's, that's what they're. And that's, that's what it kind of is. Thing. Imagine if you could get people a million people to to do a dance for you. If you could get four, five, ten percent of that to now go to your YouTube Music, your Spotify, your your whatever, that's instant sales for you as well. So it's that- a Oh, go ahead. No, so I'm just saying it's 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 not about making the best lyrical content anymore. It's it's the gold mine in music is the TikTok. Let me get people just to quickly, you know, get in because you need Dream. what it's ten thousand people on most social media networks where you can start getting sponsors and advertisements. If you could grow your network to that. Then you got people coming in and giving you money for a 30-second sponsor ad. And that's where all artists are tending to go, especially in a quiet year where people still aren't trying to release music. They got to get money somehow. They can't, there's only so, well, the whole country's about to open the fuck back up. But, they, you know, it was limited for the past year and a half. So they had to find a way. And, yeah, it's been repetitive for the past five years. But now it's, like, on a whole different level, whereas... Just give me a catchy chorus, and that would make you a million dollars. So yeah, you make a good point. Um, I think I think like like you had brought up YouTube music and YouTube. Like we see people that used to run record labels and have their own record labels move to like social media platforms. As yeah. the president, I mean, Lior is at YouTube Music. He used to be the president of Def Jam. He used to have his own record label. I mean, I guess he still has 300, but now he's the president of YouTube Music. And now I'm pretty sure you're going to see somebody else from a label go to TikTok or go to Instagram. So uh, the music industry is moving with 
technology. Yeah, and social media. Making sure they that their pockets are being lined with it, which isn't a problem, and it allows more people to get on, I believe. But it's it also it's music. It's always been about making people dance. Like the stuff that makes people dance the most is what's going to sell the most, move the most, wherever it is. It's like get most people together, connected to each other. It's going to sell the most, you know, albums, whatever, whatever. Like Soldier Boy, I Fin and Hope. I mean, Kanye, that shit. That shit. How many people were that saying that shit changed the man, game? Man. It did. They're like, you know, people all singing that shit. So any but, song like that. Oh, yeah. And when you, and then when you add a dance to it, um, it just makes it easier for the kids to be able to connect with it. And that's when it really blows up, right? When you get little kids being able to do it, or and everybody, and and then you got, then you have people who aren't like you get the white kids buying it, the kids who can't dance, right? And you give them an easy one two step. You're you're part of hip hop. Hell yeah, they're gonna do that shit. So of course it's, that's what they're marketing to. They're not marketing to black people. They never really have. Um, they, they market hip hop music to white kids in suburbia because that's that's people who spend most on it. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's and that's the reason why Travis Scott does the numbers he does. Yeah, Travis Scott's lit though, still. But I get what you're saying. I have a question. Go ahead. Um, so I'm noticing that a lot of artists are getting very. Um, creative when it comes to their album releases and certain things that they put as creative influences like Blue Ivy won a Grammy for her 30 second thing that she did on Beyonce's album and um, I was just on Young Thug's Instagram and he was just laughing talking shit like we just took a whole company number one Nick we just took a whole company number one and I was trying to figure out what he meant by that but it seems as if artists are starting to become more intuitive with how their numbers work and how um they can generate income not just for themselves but for a whole company because I believe that this shit, album <laughs> huh? the streaming don't pay like the regular album sales YouTube it, uh, you used to get a one album for how much was an album back in the day $14.99 $15.99 right but now an album's uh, album stream is they it got a they got a stream if I remember it was like twenty five hundred streams is one album sale and the stream doesn't count until they listen for sixty seconds so like the parameters for a sale in the streaming era is so crazy compared to what it used to be one for one is what it used to be and you can physically count that shit because you go to the store you're like I got a thousand CDs for you. Let me know, you know, how the sales go at the end of the week, and that goes nationwide, where you can easily track all the sales. You don't know how much people they just have sitting in front of a front of a computer screen, just pressing the button. It's just bots. I know people like, who do, do that. Like they own whole farms. Yeah. So for it, that purpose, because but, but streams don't generate raise. money, so they have to do it repeatedly to get it, and that's why that's the shift for people. Well, for rappers and people in the industry, where they have to find new ways to attach their album mm, to things because yeah. the streams ain't where the money is yeah. <laughs> you get an album you make an album you get your money on tour the country shut down for a year and a half you got to figure out how to get paid yeah mark anthony just tried to do a freaking 84 country uh live concert and that shit crashed <laughs> but he's trying yeah, <laughs> like, he's trying like, and that's 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 amazing. Like I said, Young Thug literally said that he took his whole company number one, and I'm just like, okay, how is that? He he put, I believe, 
if if I could guess what he's talking about, he put his company as the artist or the entity as the thing that was generating the streams, not necessarily himself. Yeah, and so when he said, I took my whole company number one, I don't know where this album is listed on, but it seems as if he's, he's doing things kind of differently, like kind of how Beyonce and Jay-Z put Blue Ivy on a record and now she has royalties for life. They're just finding new ways to get money. Yeah, it's just the ways to manipulate the system. You figure out the loopholes, and then you, um, you know, what I'm saying, you just figure out ways to fit in what you need to make it work for you, right? You just that's what it. That's that's how Donald Trump stayed. As long as people get rich, period, they just figure out ways to game the system. You know, the loopholes. Because now it's different write-offs that you can do because the company's generating the income versus you as an individual. That's why it's. Besides, like, you know, all the people laughing at, like, uh, the business Twitter hashtag stuff with the LLCs, LLCs are important when you get it set up, because that opens up all those tax deductions you can now write off as yourself. I can literally go and open up Sean Ford's LLC, and then I can start writing shit off, and if we go to a strip club, guess what? We having a business meeting in a strip club, and now we're throwing money, and we that's just a tax write-off, because we try to throw it. But so, you also have to provide meeting notes. It's more yeah, than just like yeah. you just write it off. Yeah, right? you so, got to have the receipt. You got to, like, it has to be, yeah. like, yeah. So it's like, but, it but opens doors, basically, the having a, a business as yourself or a business in itself. That tax, that's what it is. It's a tax deductions that rich people are able to take big advantage of, putting corporations in the family, and then that's how houses are bought for families, and that's, and that's what it is, and that's what black people don't do for each other. Unfortunately, we, we're not gonna. Well, we're learning. We're learning. learning. We're behind the curve, but people have been doing this. We're behind shit. the like, curve. We're just now realizing what the op does, and we're just like, oh, y'all niggas been like that. It, it reminds me. Of, I just listened to four 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 today because I was I was going through something today, and I was listening to four four four, and he was like. Um, rich nigga, house nigga, poor niggas, still nigga. Like, it doesn't matter who you think you are. When you really get into this game, you realize how much money's on the table and what they're doing that we're not doing because we're still of this mindset that we just, we're just not there yet. So, none of this shit's new. Nope. None of this shit's well, new. We're just realizing that other people are doing it. And because we're creatives, we're just like, okay, we're going to attach this shit to the album versus how they're using it for their business model or what they're doing we're just we're learning from the people who did it before us yeah we were suppressed and that's the reason why we don't have that information but the more information that gets out there the more we're able to manipulate it so it's not it's not like black people don't do it we just didn't know that it was possible nor did we have the means to do it that's really true no black people have black people have been prosperous in a number of different ways of business and um, utilizing the tax code in order to gain that 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 uh, you know those those um, tax deductions in order to get richer. Um, but a lot of times, also, if you look in history, but those prominent black people have also been blackballed, killed. You know, hundred uh, percent. They wasn't you know, able to spread that knowledge right. that you see what I'm saying. So like, I, I I I do agree. Like, there was a black Wall Street. There was you know black entrepreneurs that set a there foundation. Was a, there was a story. There's a story I found out recently about this black family. I don't know. We, we spent something on YouTube or something like that. This black family who was, um, um, they bought a house on a beachfront in on Manhattan Beach, um, and, or a property, 
and was renting out and create like a a bit of not like Airbnb, but like um, a bed and breakfast kind of like mm-hmm. hotel yeah. location for for black people. Um, the state, the, the the state, the city came in and like blocked off um, to to claim eminent domain, took back the beach, didn't allow them to, to get you know get on the beach at all. Any of their guests weren't allowed to get on the beach. So it basically devalued their the business, and then they took they they took their business away from them, told them they couldn't open any other business in in that whole area. That's why we need so, fucking lawyers. We need people like J fucking Z, and that's and. This is what I truly feel. We need people that are in positions of power that have that knowledge that can recognize the situation and be like, look, this shit's fucked up. There's no way that you're going to be able to do this. We need to come up with a way to where we can, you know, watch our brother's hand. Like, if we see that somebody's being taken advantage of, um, then we should be able to step in and help our fellow people. And I believe that Jay-Z personally is paving the way for that type of ideology because there's been plenty of artists that get into different types of trouble. And Jay-Z recognizes that shit and he's like, hey, this is some bullshit. And I'm going to put all my resources to make sure that y'all don't take care of this brother like how y'all want to. So if there's more entrepreneurs and philanthropists in the black community that, that like to recognize and see when people are taken advantage of, then maybe there'll be more interjection because I mean a lawyer probably could have t- taken care of that situation um, with the eminent domain and da, da, da. like I, I'm I'm studying real estate and everything like that. Eminent domain is only if it serves the pleasure of the public. So if the public had access to that beach and which which I'm pretty sure they wasn't like oh crackers get off my beach y'all need to get the fuck out of here. like they, I'm pretty sure they wasn't doing that. But it just takes more educated people who want to teach us what to do and what not to do. I feel like the more influences that we have, the more we'll be protected. And I do believe that Jay-Z's paving the way for that type of ideology. Well, also, I mean, it's changing times too, right? Back in the, back in the day, um, there was a lot more open racism. Um, secondly, the judge was usually racist too. So like, have a lawyer, who, who cares? Like, the judge gonna throw it out. Like, the city said what they said. You know what I'm saying? So we were really at the mercy and we always have been. But it's not this, this. It's not a story to say like black people are just doomed to not prosper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I, what I'm trying to say here is a number of different things. And one thing is like, you know, um, capitalism isn't going to save black people, right? Um, one and two, um, you know, we we've always we've always done it. We always will do it. We are the creators of everything. We, you know, we we are the, we are we create the cool. Um, I just appreciate that we are now trying to find other ways to um one um you know get everything that we're worth right so Mm -hmm. get paid for all of our value as creators um as innovators as um and just doers period like we're just innovators of the cool and we just got to make sure the work is done and um and then as these opportunities like you know know, with new banks coming out new black banks hopefully there's more money in in the economy where we can get some funding behind some of our ideas um and of course like Again, back to the, the idea of corporations. Um, corporations were created in order for to create um, more money flow into the economy, right? So that's why the government gave them those tax deductions and those um, benefits at um, LLCs across the board, right? Is because you're generating more, you're keeping the economy stimulated, as opposed to the government having to figure out what the hell to do. Basically, is let the market dictate the market, um, and, then, and then they and then they give you opportunities to make it even better. The sweetest you can do it more and more often. Um, so, um, to wrap that all up, sorry, <laughs> to wrap that all up, um, 
I do think yes. I do think that we do need to take a we do need to take a push of like thinking about wealth in a different way and what our dollar means for us. Um, you know, both in a corporate sense, but also in a in a tie to overall land, right? So maybe we do need to look back at Africa as well and some other some other municipalities that we own, like Jamaica and, and so on and so forth, and invest in those areas as well. So um, you know, it's not just about boosting the economy in order to get tax deductions, but it's also boosting other economies that's gonna boost our overall dollar across the board um, and give us some real um, you know levying power in the world economy when if this economy if, 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 if the world is going, going to the place that it's going where we have social media and everybody's changing ideas and you know some a lot of these imperialist nations such as you know Britain and the US they start, want to start looking at how, you know what it means for them to be to own like Puerto Rico and other other countries like you know are we are we, are we stepping away from colonialism are we giving reparations and 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 then um you know how's that going to look for the overall economy and business across the board but i think we do and i always say we do need a, a mother a mother state for us to you know pledge our dues to or pledge our pledge our uh, funding to the same way that you know white people have both uk canada united states you know and um china chinese folks have china you know what i'm saying um we I believe the black system. elites have a plan. I believe the black elites are consistently gathering, and you can even see it at Hov's. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I'm on a Jay Z kick today. I can I can consistently see it in his music as well as in his um, brunches and different things. There's powerful black people who are consistently speaking progression into the community, and I feel like even though we may not know what's going on, there is a plan among the black elites to help push the culture forward because you know a lot of black people are at a point now where they're trying to figure out okay i've have all this wealth right um god bless me to have a have all this wealth what do i do with it what is my responsibility to the community and when listening to 444 i heard a lot of different things that kind of motivated me like damn are black elites really coming together to make sure that our injustices are done right um, who knows? We'll see. It's going to take time, of course, but I want to generate a, enough success to be behind those closed doors so that I can um, put my two cents in um, and kind of help push the culture forward, uh, which I think that we should be seeing within the next you know, 15 to 20 years with these black banks and financial programs for children and literacy and how to save and different things. So um, I think it'll be definitely interesting to see, you know, where the community is. Um, and then it's yeah just to piggyback of what you said there probably is a group of people that's trying to at least put some groundwork together to you know better the agenda for the black people uh but you also gotta remember for things to really work you can't really be about out in the public saying what you're going to do not at all uh, real g's moving silence like, like lasagna <laughs> so if you want things to happen you really can't just be talking about it out willy-nilly so that's why you don't really hear jay-z talking about shit until something happens and then someone's like jay-z you know came and did this mm-hmm. did that so like uh, you'll hear it in his music and you'll be like what the fuck does that mean yeah. and then next thing you know he's opening up a weed company yeah. and he said i'm making millions off these strains like i was like what the hell does he mean by that like is he selling street weed is he just talking but behind closed doors he was actually coming up with a corporation for illegal weed so it's just like it's very interesting to see what these uh black uh philanthropists are doing and i'm very very 
I'm excited to see where they go. And I hope that I'm blessed enough to be a part of the conversation one day. Yeah, sure. We will. We will. Um, and speak on behalf of Khalif Davis, you know, what's important is making sure you get involved in the grassroots. You know, local, local initiative. <laughs> he go, fuck you. You get on my nerves. It's true, though. No, it it's really it's true. true. Like, And that's the one thing that I appreciate about, you know, Khalif. He really is big on grassroots efforts and what we can all do. Like, if anybody needs to have a conversation about where your next step should be as far as giving to the community, that is the nigga to talk to because he's he's doing good already. Um, and he has a... He's experienced, you know? He's, he's, he's experienced the different cultures. He went to an Ivy League. He grew up in Clayton County. Like, they're very contrasting ways of life. So, um, and you too, Adam, like, the shit that you've experienced as well gives you a different perspective on... And even us because we went to west georgia where we wasn't even widely accepted um you know in the campus so it just really takes cultured individuals to come up with different perspectives um and a bridge between that culture and our culture to kind of allow people to walk past um and i think that we're getting closer uh but it's going to take just more of the youth to get to that level in order to speak uh, sorry what nigga? What nigga? What? What? I know where you're going with that. I fucking hate old people, man. Shit. There we go. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like, I mean, in, in, in history teaches us that. Like, old ideologies, it's the innovators that pushes culture forward. It's not right. old ass right. ideas. Like, Joe Biden, yeah. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But you also need to learn from the, from the past, too. If you're not learning, always learn. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a, but that's the thing. But a lot, of, a lot of the youth, they don't want to learn, and that's the thing. Is like, um, you know, you need the old. Of, does that, that give the old to knowledge. dictate our future, though? You need, you need the because yeah. we, we're the innovators. We're the innovators, right? So they have to learn from us, just like we have to learn from them. Oh, but sure. all they do is dictate our future. They don't learn from they don't learn from our present experience. They don't they don't see what the culture is providing for us that we can probably teach them. Like, hey, these young people really like weed. We can tax weed at this price, and the next thing you know, America is the number one economy. They don't they don't think like that. They're just like, oh, weed mania. Ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> tax is also tax is also seen as a form of prohibition too. So you gotta bounce up. The- Number what it, what it taxes for live to, you know, are going to be going to be well. yeah. I mean, right now, medical cannabis for recreational recreational people, medical cannabis is taxed in some in a lot of recreational states twenty percent. Twenty percent, pretty yeah. high. It's which high, high but what does what do the taxes go to? I know it goes to education. I know it goes to um, uh, infrastructure. Like the, that tax money is not just. It's kind of like the lottery. People buy lottery and it's taxed, but where's that lottery money going to? It's going to education systems, systems, hope scholarship. It's things to push the culture forward. So if we were to just stop calling it weed mania and saying, hey, you know, black people are so cool, they smoking that shit, fucking our white women, getting them to get hot. Like that's that's what the mania is. Don't don't stop me because I'm on the roll. (laughs) So at the end of the day, once they get once they get that narrative out of their heads and they start saying, okay. Well, everybody loves weed, and the alcoholic will beat his wife up and put her into a hospital and fuck up the kid's mindset. But the guy who's smoking weed is talking about religion. We're talking about 
uh, uh, the climate, climate, we're talking about things that are more centered around humanity. So once they realize that, and once they start realizing how beneficial it'll be, all they have to do is say, okay, what is the tax money going to be used for? How is it going to benefit society? And once they do that, we'll be good to go. But they're just up their asses because there's people that need to expire. And that's crazy because Soldier Boy definitely pushed the culture forward. Soldier Boy, tell him. They went from Soldier Boy to politics to be reform. You, just to kind of piggyback on what you said to you, it was like the, you know the old ways, right? Most of the people in Congress and Senate are pretty old, right? Do you think there should be an age no. limit on like you can't like if you're yes sixty, if you retire, if the retirement age is sixty something, you shouldn't be in fucking politics like shit, I right? Think, yeah. I think that conversation that you're having goes back to the earlier one where Adam said, well, where Adam put in Khalif and said grassroots, because at that level, you have other influences, you have money influences, you have um, political political families, like his dad was a senator, his brother's a senator, his, his son's a mayor, like, you, you get that, but at the grassroots, you can really grow your ideas and and create a movement that can push the political movement to that idea so i think this whole conversation comes um comes all the way around when you say grassroots it's really the root to everything grassroots is very important but then you also have to realize like say for instance somebody that has biden's mindset he's at the end of his political career he does not he no longer gives a fuck it's what well, he thinks. I wouldn't say, his, I wouldn't, uh, not to cut you off, but, but if we look at his his um, agenda, it's probably the most. I would. I, I would have to say radical. Since, it is um, very radical. He doesn't give. A, he doesn't. He's he's very authoritative right now. And it's more, more. I guess. Help me out. It's more like moving forward, thinking. Like, forward thinking like to the future progressive. like yeah progressive is the yes. most progressive plan since probably the new deal if we it, yes. take in his his um infrastructure his, uh, deal his covid is infrastructure deal and his covid uh build back america plan cuz like that covid that covid plan that he passed didn't really address anything with covid it addressed everything building back no. better it, it it also addressed um funding for it to give the vaccine out. Well, yeah, but there was a lot more than just that. That's why the Republicans had an issue. Yeah, like, there was that, there was the laws about, you know, um, there, in the infrastructure bill, he's trying to change what American culture looks like. Like, for people who have school, children that are in school, he's trying to make childcare affordable. You see what I'm saying? Because the working class family, it was in the COVID bill, right? Because yeah. I, I believe starting soon, people with children are going to get $300 a month per child. Yeah, it's kind of like an a, a economic uh, a monthly stipend, right? It's a monthly stipend for people. I'm waiting on it. For people with children, it's $300 a month per child just mm-hmm. to stimulate the working family because Joe Biden understands that the working family is what runs America. It's not the elites. They're not in the grocery stores. They're not in the gas stations. They're not doing the things that the working class does. And and I hate saying working class because we work for the rich and we also work for the poor because I'm not going into that, but we work for the rich and we work for the poor, right? So we're the working class and Joe Biden understands that. And I hate to be dick rotten so hard because I had my, my um, 
reservations about him, but what I'm seeing him do in office is kind of like, I, I really feel like he's at a point in life where he's like, look, I finally, nigga, I'm here. We made it. I have nothing to lose. It's not like I'm going to run for president again. If I get voted out, like I might as well do everything I got to do now while I have it. And that's something that a lot of people didn't, Obama didn't have that shit. He, he was literally 40 something years old and a president. Like he still has a lot of years to live where he wants to do stuff with his life. He can't just say, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. But Joe Biden is at the time of his life where his days are numbered. So you might as well sign as much executive orders as possible, pass as much bills as possible, because guess what? That's why That's why the biggest argument with that COVID bill was, nigga, this is a, de- this is a liberal wish list. And like, the bit, like, Democrats' argument towards that was like, nigga, so? So? <laughs> so what? You mad we getting money now? <laughs> so what? So what? We're going to flip shit, change it, and let's move on. So, yeah. I don't know how we got that out Democrats. of I'm not getting to that. Oh, <laughs> well, we're not getting to a lot of stuff. This is a good part. We're not getting to a lot of things today. And, and back to your, some stuff about the, the age part, right? So the age part would make sense. Before you get to that, you got to change the campaign funding. Because, like, young people don't have money to invest in political. Like, the 30-year-old guy, the 40-year-old guy, you're thinking about that's going to run and beat everybody. He's not going to get the funding. Like, but that's that's where the grassroots comes from. Barack did. Wasn't people, he forty-seven? If the if the people want you bad enough, they're gonna that movement will move. No, no, no one's out. No one's giving. No, no one's providing more campaign funds than the billionaire. Like, no, I don't care how many people get Who? How old is uh, Canada's prime minister? Uh, Trustin Trudeau. He's like forty. Maybe like he rallied everybody. He rallied everybody. It's not, and and I believe that no. the little people. We had Obama. We had we had Kennedy. We had the president we... level, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the Senate. There's no. We're talking about the Senate. The Senate. The Senate is always going to be fucked because the Senate is based upon states, and the whole Midwest is fucked up, like with their thought process because they, they aren't exposed to different cultures and different ideals. We talk about grassroots and we talk about um we talk about Senate race. Like fuck the presidential race, it's those popularity contests. Like, who cares? Well we really need to focus on the grassroots, the mayor, the the governor, all that stuff. Like you're gonna for the most part they they're gonna either there's gonna be someone very financially powerful that even if they look young and they're gonna satiate the, oh, the young voter. You know what? Um, sorry to cut you off, but the that young dude just got a Georgia senator. He's like thirty two. Uh, why not? Oh, no, 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 no,
something's right for a society and once that population of people are no longer a factor there are going to be way more progressive ideologies and people in the senate because we're seeing we're seeing it all over the place like we have the most diverse senate that we've ever had why because people are expiring and it doesn't matter if they're in the senate or if it's just citizens those citizens are who's voting for the people who to go in the office so the more people who don't want to vote for people that look like them the more that people are voting for people who look like the people who's voting. So, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens 10 to 15 years from now when yeah. there's a certain a certain population that's no longer a factor. I'll, I'll say this. I, I think the Senate... Like... Go ahead. No, I feel like a mirror is about to go on like a rant. He's about, rant? To, <laughs> he's about to release a manifesto. This is a second rant. He about to be like exterminating. Because I re- all I'm sad. Elders. I really want to get into politics, but hold I'm on, just so on, angry about how you, politics let me, are. Let me tell you right now. Um, you make a good point. You make a strong point, but you make it for the progressive side. But there's for every side of a coin, there's another side of a coin. So the Republican side is doing the same thing the progressive side is doing. Like they're getting what's her name? Marjorie. I already said it, but Marjorie Taylor Greene and I think some other dude gates has literally has a caucus now in uh, in washington it's like the anglo-saxon anglo-saxon yeah anglo-saxon um i forgot what they're I'm looking at the i think it was like the free it's not the freedom caucus but it's mm-hmm. like it's like the anglo-saxon caucus that wants to push america culturally i mean like the way they described it because i heard it today on the radio the way the way it was described is not even like trying to hide it. It's like, yeah, we're trying to push a culture, a white culture, take, take it back to a place where Anglo-Saxon culture was the predominant culture and where that was the basic norm. And basically the person on the radio I was listening to was like, the one of the um, person that was explaining it to her was like, well, I don't know what that means. And the interviewer was like, I think we all know what that means. Like, it's clearly in the in the message line. And for the Republican Party to even, I don't know, the Republican Party isn't, a, isn't an inflection point, so we'll see what happens with that in the next two years. That's just going to backlash like a motherfucker. Well, it might. It might, it, it is. might. Oh, shit. I didn't even charge my phone. Sorry, but in, in my <laughs> point of view, I think, I think that that side is appealing to Republicans, but I also think you're not going to win any major uh, races with that kind of thinking. You'll get a couple of people that come into um, the Congress. It's the same it comes thing. to districts. You said the same, same thing about Trump. See, but the thing about, <laughs> I know people who voted for Donald Trump and... Shut me up. I know people who voted hard. for Donald Trump, and when An- when Andrew Yang was telling everybody that they was going to get a free thousand dollars per month, motherfuckers wasn't worried about Donald Trump. They was like, "Oh, word, we finna get a free rack per adult every month, run it." So it's really about what the other side has to offer, and I don't believe that the Republicans have a platform that they can win on, especially in major elections. They're they're isolating themselves at a time where people are becoming more um, aware and more. Um, 
repulsed by certain ideologies and for her to align herself with some bullshit like that like yeah she's gonna have a following there's a lot of racist angle she will never lose her congress seat you know where she's from rome georgia and that's the that's the problem it's (laughs) these areas that we cannot control like i said we're talking about grassroots but in the whole midwest in certain parts of west bubblefuck georgia alabama they're going to win regardless because that's what their yes. community is made out of so it's yes. the democracy that was put in place that's yeah. allowing for certain shit to stand but i do believe that there's going to be a time where the majority of voting americans are going to say okay this is right and this is wrong, and the majority is going to become the minority because of progression and the newer generations taking more of a hands-on approach to politics. I'm not going to get in politics until a lot of things change, but um, you know, who knows? I just, I just feel like it's very volatile right now, but it's going to even out as time goes on, and That's we'll see where we are 10 to 15 years from now. But I think grassroots politics is totally different from Washington politics, like. Whatever is it, it is, because whatever you're you're dealing with people you grew up with more than more than um more than not or black-minded individuals, right? So so yeah, I don't ain't shit changed with them. You're right. They're gonna be who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna be they're not exposed to other things. That's the that is a problem. Like and I grew up with Progressive means a lot because people are afraid to change. A lot of people in those areas, they, they don't change doesn't mean anything good. Change meant that their daddy lost their job because the factory closed. Change meant, you know, the city came and took took something from them. So when it's progression from, coming from the government, it usually means something negative for white people, like poor white people. Um, in their mind, mentally, right? Because every time something was progressed, like slavery ended, they lost their slaves, right? So can you blame them? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> like coming from no, 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 no. Hold on, wait. You see my skin? That's not. Hold on. That's not. That's not misconstrue my statement. Can I clarify? If I was used to a certain way of life and something dramatically changed the way that I was able to live that life, regardless of what race I am, I would be fearful of change. And I'm not saying, can you blame them? Like, hell yeah, we can blame them. But from a psychological standpoint, can you, putting yourself in their shoes, which I'm trying to do more often, can you really blame them if they knew that change is something that consistently fucked them over? Like, yeah, it's bad from the outside looking in, but when I say, can you blame them? It's just like, they have no choice. They're doing it because that's all they know. They wasn't taught any different. you You can change your perspective but only if there's something that initiates that change. Like I have a friend from college. She grew up in one of those towns that we're talking about. Everybody was raised the same way. Nothing's changed for a long time. But when she came to a diverse school, she was like, wait, this is how black people really are. This is how this is how people work together. I didn't know this because where I'm from, this shit does not happen. You will go missing where I'm from. So can, when I say, can you blame them? It's from a psychological standpoint, not necessarily from like, who has can I still blame them? Of course um, we can still blame them. Yeah. Only because as as they are also angry, they're also holding the Bible in their in their right hand. So with that in mind, 
you can't for me to somebody who to swear by a book that says you should, you should be this way and this nature and act constantly that's you true that's I mean? a big problem i didn't even think about spirituality that's a whole nother podcast. that's what anglo-saxon is <laughs> but instead i mean yeah that's what makes her that's what makes I me mean, that... protestant right i mean part yeah. of that whole waspy thing is like white anglo-saxon um and that's what WASP is. WASP is the acronym that stands for White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, right? Mm. That's what. That's what. That's what. That, that when the Pope, you know, allowed for people to be allowed for the Spanish Inquisitions and stuff like that to go on. Um, you know, we, we, what happened was we we, we saw people um, being, you know, based on their blood, and it, it basically, if you wasn't white, if you wasn't Anglo-Saxon, if you wasn't Protestant. You were deemed a demon or a servant of, of not not of God and allowed to be either killed or put in for prosecution or be a slave. <laughs> so I mean, like that was like a lot of part of the world. Um, and it's still so, it's I mean, a part of American culture to this day. And, and that's part of and that's part of the other issue of it, right? Is like the ideal. If you if you look at and you know watch a couple episodes of um, Exterminate the Brutes, but part of the ideology that came with Christianity. Is also this idea of like pushing forward, manifest destiny, the front, the frontier, you know, the all these things where people were supposed to be spreading Christianity and spreading wealth and spreading capitalism. And really, all they were doing was just killing people and taking land, you know. And then the, the idea that if you were white, Anglo-Saxon, it was like, you know, God wants you to have this stuff, so like you don't really have to feel bad about it. And I see that in today's age, like I even. And if you see this, I mean, I know he follows, but who cares? No, I'm not trying to get fired over this shit. Never mind. Yeah, don't. I have a, I have somebody who I associate with uh, on a daily basis who uses um, religion as an excuse for their ideology, and I'm just like, yo, is that really like? Do you really consider yourself a God fearing person when you think about certain shit? Like, and, and it's crazy that they actually use Bibles and things to justify their actions. It's kind of like. You know, people who terrorized us since September 11th. They felt like it was justified because of the things that they interpreted from a holy book. When their interpretation was completely wrong and their ideology, they can't be... Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That was a very good point. You can still blame them, like, yeah. I mean, You can still blame them for sure. That's a great point that you raised. Because I don't know what it is. All the lessons in the Bible says, like, it still says don't kill, like, Nobody who killed, nobody who, you know, like tried to, like nobody who did any of those things came out on top. So for you to, to feel like you still have the ability to do that without any consequence, it shows me that one, you don't really have an understanding of what the book that you're reading, if you're saying that you claim that you is in your heart. And two, um, really you just hide behind the white supremacy, white supremacy ideal that like by being white, you are, you know, ordained to be able to, you know, Rule sovereign over anybody and be able to decide how how the world is going to be because it was it was made for you. Um, mm-hmm. So when the setting of that word didn't even take place in a predominantly white area, like that doesn't even make fucking sense. Like it's that's, that's, that's why like information, right? And it was like it, it was the way things were kept constantly reportrayed and redesigned, like King James and so on and so forth. People who kept you know recreating the the, the visuals, you know. And changing how things looked and how things were said and what words we used, um, you know that, and that's where a lot of it comes from. It's not necessarily, and, and maybe the church did have a to have a part in it, but they did 
allowed for the Inquisition, they allowed for the conquest. It's not maybe. That's a fact. For sure. So, um, that white supremacy is, you know, it's not just a thing that we, that's made up. It's a, it's a real thing that's been perpetrated for over 400, 500 years now, and it's still going. It needs to be dismantled, but, like, it's not going to be dismantled until white, until white people have a consciousness of, like, this shit ain't nothing but, like, trashness and an excuse to, like, kill. Yeah. And conquer. And conquer. Uh, history is usually written by the winners, so... Unfortunately, that's the bullshit that's in most of the history books. Uh, and darker people historically have been, like, it's been documented that, that you know, the Native Americans were very nice community, community-based people. Black people, the same thing. Um, you know, the cultures might have been different. Black people might have been more, having having a little bit more war, but it wasn't, you know, they, they also have rules of, like, of engagement. Rules of engagement. So did Native Exactly. Exactly. And the only people who always broke the rule, their their own rules and laws, were white people who were committing genocide or mass murder or something like that. Yeah. Like you know. Um, yeah. So it's uh it's it's crazy how like this whole uh, podcast say the the switch it took at Soldier Boy it went from. <laughs> Yeah, it went uh, from Soldier Boy to some real, to some real heavy shit. shit. And yeah. I'd be, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about all the fucking mass shooting that's been happening within the country, uh, essentially since everything's been opening back up. I think the number is like over 104 mass shootings, and a mass shooting is defined by a shooting where over four people are killed, and that is happening almost like it seems like every other week. Every. Like, it oh, seems like every day for me, brother. It, it does seem like every day. I say every week because I try my hardest not to watch any of those videos because it's like it's just too much to like to watch now. It's like too much, and it's like it's on it's on us individually in our internet space on what we click and what we feed ourselves, and that's just something I just can't take in anymore. So, uh, how do you guys feel about? It? I know it's been a lot that's been happening. Uh, the trial with Devin Chauvin and then the Minnesota shooting within the same state and while the trial is happening. Uh, the cops shooting uh, the, the dude with thought it was the taser and then what the other day the uh, with the cop bullying the guy and then the cops come and kill the kid on some Trayvon Martin shit. Like, what do you guys think about it? What do you guys have to say with that? Um... There's 2020 part two, basically. I mean, everything that happened last year has just rolled over into a, a bigger monster, right? Um, I don't know what's going on in Denver. They have a, um, a history of horrible mass shootings with Columbine, the theater, now this um, grocery store. Um, it. I don't know. I don't know because this happens once a year. It feels like where it's just some tragic, tons of lives lost because of guns, and the government can't do anything about it because so the of the Constitution. <laughs> because of, I guess because of that, and and special interest money, and and then you That's need bigger. sixty votes. You need sixty votes to pass something. I mean, it's it's just a non-starter. I mean. I guess you could do some things through executive order, but I'm pretty sure that that'll be challenged in court by a gun right activist group. So it's like the if, only if there's a will, there's a way. It doesn't matter what you sign into law. If niggas want guns, they're gonna get guns. Just like if niggas want weed, 
there's a plug. That's true. That's true. There's a but plug for that. That's also part of the argument too. What's that? That's another part of the argument people are saying is like people want to get guns regardless. So how do you keep the guns from people from getting the guns? Yeah, the there's guns too many guns on the street for them to just disappear. There's more people. guns in America than people. Than people. And then and then in my ideology, it's like you'll be damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like if I carry a gun and I have a like me, I'm a I'm I have a gun license and I, I have a gun that I can carry concealed. Uh, but if I can still carry that gun, I can fuck around and be shot by the police. But if I don't carry my gun, I might be mass murdered. Um, and now I'm to the point where it's just like, okay, I, I feel like I need to have my protection with me at all times because you never know when you'll be in the grocery store and somebody walking that bitch with an AK and I might be the nigga that can take that nigga out and save a bunch of lives or maybe I'll be the nigga shot because I left my fucking shit sitting in my closet in the safe you see what I'm saying so it's just like you'll be damned if you do you'll be damned if you don't if I conceal my gun and have a license I'm dead uh if I don't have a license and I have my gun I'm dead but if I go to the grocery store without my gun I'm dead so it's just like lose 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 you see you'll be damned if you do you'll be damned if you don't and I'll be the nigga if I'll be damned if I don't like I'm I'm gonna always make sure that I have that protection because who knows if there was somebody who had some type of license with an arm when people came into that place and started shooting maybe you were in a position to be able to stop and save more lives so that's just where I'm at with it I'm gonna always stay strapped because you just never know it's not like I'm trying to like project this hard tough characteristic because if anybody who knows me I'm with the shit, but I'm not a, a, a mean person, nor do I have the disposition to do some type of mass shooting or the psych- psychological record to even be perceived as such. But in being a family man, I'll never want to be in a movie theater where a nigga pull out a sock rifle and start shooting, and when he reload, I can't put one in his fucking face. Like, and that's just how I feel. And if you do, you damned if you don't. I agree. Wholeheartedly. I, I think I think I think we started down a wrong road of history. I think since we is a it's a country of violence, it always has been. We got guns too late. It's gonna take it's gonna take a massive push to get all the guns out and get safe. That's one. Two, uh, defund the police, fuck them niggas. Police, like straight up at the end of the day. I think and let me qualify that. I think we don't need uniform cops. I don't think we need patrolmen in neighborhoods occupying streets. On a regular basis, no. I think we need. I think we need people who are a little bit more tapped in. I think we need investigators because the police is a, is a response. Is a um, they respond to to issues. They don't stop crime. Not crime stoppers. They're crime solvers, right? Supposedly, they pick up evidence. Mostly, they they, they patrol streets, making sure nothing's going wrong. Um, but I don't. I don't know. If it's super necessary to have all of them. Um, that's one. Two. Um, I think because of, police were started because black people, you know, became free, right? Like they started it after there were a bunch of people, and now they need to now they used to have overseers and need people who were legally allowed to stop black people anywhere they were for any reason, you know, right around the time of Jim Crow, right before Jim Crow. So, um, you know, fuck the police at the end of the day, all day, forever, in perpetuity. Um, and then third of all, like like. Like Amir said, like stay strapped, stay dangerous. At the end of the day, 
the government don't give a fuck about you. You're a statistic. You're just you're just a, someone here to uh, raise tax funds and make sure that make sure the overall economy and system works. So, you know, stay strapped, protect yourself, um, practice, right? Learn self defense. Of course. Um, be able be in shape enough to run a mile and to be able to hide and climb if you need to. But you know, stay strapped up. Um, because you know, somebody else that. is strapped up. Huh? I said because somebody else is strapped, and you'll be you'll Maybe. be in a in, in, like you said. There's more guns than people, so you just never really know. Um, I remember Jamal made a comment about my little knapsack that I keep my pistol in. And he just like, damn, you got to be careful of these young niggas. They walking around with they got whole guns, and like at the end of the day, like you just never know who you're gonna come up with. And I feel like my gun here in my home is a waste versus being out in public like yeah i keep this shit in the closet just in case there's an intruder but i'm more unsafe out there than i am in here i'm more likely to use that shit out there than i am in here and that's where i am with it and it's it's a horrible place to be because i don't want to be that person that's in fear of his life that's why like adam said practice go to the gun range run gun safety because you don't want to be that white cop that was so fucking scared that she screamed taser and grabbed her pistol. You see, you don't want to be in that situation. You want to be trained. You want to be knowledgeable, but you also want to be prepared. Um, and as far as the, anybody else want to speak on that? Because I feel like me and Adam spearheading. No, go ahead, man. So as far as the police thing, like I definitely think that um, the police are kind of counterproductive because they're hired to interpret the law based upon their personal experiences and their character traits and what they was exposed to growing up and, you know, different things of, of that nature. Yeah. So when you're approaching somebody who's a human that has had human experiences, for some reason, I've realized that black people, I mean, white people are naturally fearful of black skin. I don't know what it is, but it's like their gut yeah, falls into their asshole no soon as they see our skin. And with that comes a nerve that they don't know what the outcome's going. I don't know if they think that we have superpowers. Like we get killed, our women get killed in childbirth because they believe that we're these superhumans that can experience all this pain and trauma. Like I don't know what it is, but I just know that having this skin in America is dangerous for us as well as our children. And I would rather be prepared um, than unprepared. I do believe that. As far as the police are concerned, I don't believe that we should completely defund. I do believe that there should there should be people strategically placed in certain areas just in case some shit pop off that needs immediate recourse. But I believe that it should be people that are from that community. If you're from motherfucking um, Gwinnett County, you shouldn't be patrolling in Clayton County where you're scared of all the citizens. That doesn't make fucking sense. You wasn't raised around us. You don't know us. You don't know nothing about us. So why are you sitting here interpreting our reality and telling us that our reality is wrong and what we're doing is illegal based upon your perception when you had this stay-at-home mom that made cookies every fucking morning and packed your lunches and et cetera, et cetera. Not saying that black people don't do that. It's just a different experience. So we are hardwired to be able to tolerate more shit when... That's the more sensitive species, so I, they're more I prone agree, to fuck I, up. I agree with 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 Amir. Um, I don't think I don't. 
Defund, I do think defund, but it's more of a real demilitarization. It's, it's more of a reallocation than a defund. I think, yeah. um, I think I said this last week. I think we talked about policing last week, but I, talk, I said that um, since I work for a county, like, and I know most counties work this way that when the budget comes around, police are the first ones to get um, funding. To get funding, whatever they want, they get. Basically, they touch the pot. So if some of that was to be um, given to like EMS, yeah, reallocated to EMS or like mental, mental. Um, I don't, I don't even know what it's called, but like people that can handle, yeah, social workers can handle mental health cases. If even if they ride with the police, like drug addiction calls should be handled by like EMS. Like, not by somebody with a gun. <laughs> yeah, not with someone with a gun that wants to put someone in, behind bars. Like, it should be handled by someone that wants to make someone better. Better. They understand what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah, drug addiction is a disease. It's a, they Everybody says it. Everybody says it. So it's a, it's a commonplace thing. It's a disease. So someone that deals with healthcare should deal with drug, drug addicts. Like, um... And and for mental, like if someone's wilding with a knife, like bring somebody that can talk them down. Like you're using money to militarize people that we don't know. Like like Amir said, like some of these guys that patrol the streets, they're not from this hood. They're not even from the neighboring hood. They're not even from the uh, the metro area. They're like outside <laughs> from the outsource. They don't have yeah, the spidey from, senses. From this, yeah, blue, blue, blue mountain or some shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't have they, that shit. So it's like policing just needs to. It's too easy to be a police. Number one, too easy. <laughs> they 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 go for physical gifts like PE PE tests and shit when it should be straight mental. Yep. Should have um to check people's gauge if they have any racist anything in their bones like test them, right or if, background checks like background checks out the wazoo which they may have but you should and accountability jamal accountability when when an incident occurs you reassess their ability to be in a cop because most people who shoot niggas in the street had something that popped up in their past that was never addressed and now that somebody's dead police unions are too powerful too yep that's the biggest thing they're unionized right yep yeah police unions is too powerful so even when some those situations happen, it's so hard to fire a cop. Like even when you kill somebody, it's so hard to fire them. It's just like the police unions are too powerful. No? That's why you need legislation that has a police database. When a nigga gets fired, he should never become a police ever again. again. Did it? Um, a cop get arrested recently and charged with the murder? Um, the guy that the the the, the person who shot uh, Dante. Okay. And I, yeah, and then Kimberly I believe there was a 13-year-old boy that was shot a couple, like a month Adam ago. Adam Yeah. Yeah, and um, he, they was basically saying that he had a gun in his hand, but body cam footage literally shows him like this. Yeah. Right before, was, like a second before he got shot. Yeah. Gun. The body cam this, came out this week. And this is two different things, like, and they shot that 13-year-old boy dead, and his ass. Yeah, he went up to you. Okay, you okay, you okay, but. 
like I said, these cops are scared. Like, they're bitch made. Not all cops. Shout out to, you know, the real ones. You know who I'm talking about because, you know, I got cops in the family. But at the Ooh. end of the... At the, <laughs> I'm going to tell her you said that. But at the end of the, at the, at the, at the, end of the day, cops need their bitch made point blank period if you can't be in a high intensity situation and hold your composure you should not be a cop if you feel like you have a grudge to pick and you have an ego the size of an elephant and all because all because you have a badge you should not be a cop if you if you only got the badge because you were picked on and you want this power you should not have a badge like i know i'm not supposed to have a badge i'm not the nigga you give a badge to period and i don't th- i don't think I don't want someone that just has a high school diploma running around with a with a, with a gun. With a gun. It's and, like and, it's and like masters running around with guns. Like, it, what's the difference like, between qualifications? But college is so expensive. We need people. We need people on on, on a police force. Well, we'll give them an associate's degree or give them like make them have a class. There's programs. Yeah, you program. can literally be it's like, hey, you want to be a cop? We'll pay for tuition reimbursement yeah. if you were to get the education needed in order to join our police force, but there is no incentive to do that. I can literally be a a, 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 a punk that got picked on all throughout high school and said, you know what? I crave power so much that I'm going to be a cop. And, I'm, and people going to respect me, goddammit. People going to respect me. And the next thing you know, you a bitch in a real nigga situation. And now you killing innocent people because you were a bitch in a real nigga situation. Like, that's shit... That's probably the reason why so many people get killed. Like, and I'm I, today's not the day for me. I've had a long day. Listen, Amir, I'm sorry if I'm going. No, I'm sorry Amir, I'm thank you for the three much. rants today. <laughs> I, Mom, I know you're watching, but you know this shit is true. Like, I, you know this shit is true, and I only, I, I don't only speak truth. I'm humble, but at what? the end of the, Continue. oh, so I do only speak truth. You're not. Humble. Oh, you're saying I'm not humble? Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? No, I'm not. I'm the shit. But but that's besides the point. Niggas know I'm the shit. But it, it doesn't matter. That's that's another podcast. But at the end of the day, I don't think we should defund the police. I think we should educate the police. And I think we should psych about the police. And I think that we should reallocate the funds to things that, like Jamal said, are important. If you are a drug addict, I shouldn't be walking up to a crackhead, which I know for a fact is out of his fucking mind. I shouldn't be walking up to him with a pistol like, yo, you're, calm down, calm down. Clearly they're on crack. Like they're not going to calm down. Like we need other people to uh, to handle this situation other than a, somebody who's scared of a crackhead. Like it doesn't, I'm not scared of crackheads. Not not saying that I should be a police officer, but I would be able to de-escalate a situation more so than somebody who isn't accustomed to crackheads. Man, this is uh officially have become the longest podcast we had, and I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining back on Taraj's podcast. It has been a great episode. If you haven't already, please check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please click the subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. And to be notified of more videos when we post them, please hit that bell. Thank you so much for joining us. We out. Peace. 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 All right, y'all.